You're listening to Comedy Central. Did you see um, WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram? Everything was down today. Still down. Ah, thank you, sir. Do you see that? Everything, just WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram. I was like, ah, Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> that's a thing, apparently. You must just say that when shit goes bad in life. I don't know how it works, but that's what I've been told. Yeah, it was all down. I actually liked it. I liked that, like, you know, like for one day, we didn't have to be on social media. We could talk to people again about how social media is down. Yeah. <laughs> Every conversation. Is it down for you? It's down for me. Is it down for you? It's, down. it's still down. Is it down for you? It's down for me. Yeah, still down for you? Still down for me. I'm glad we're connecting like this. <laughs> Coming to you from the heart of Times Square, the most important place on earth, it's The Daily Show, Ears Edition. Tonight, TikTok is on the case. How the rich stay rich. And Richard Antoine White. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. We kick things off with the Democratic Party. They fight just as much as the Real Housewives of Atlanta, only they get less done. For months now, President Biden has been trying to pass a major spending bill that includes every single priority for the Democrats, funding childcare, tackling climate change, organizing a search party to find Kamala Harris, but the bill is being blocked by two senators, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. And after weeks of negotiations, tensions are getting really high. Frustration on Capitol Hill as lawmakers still can't come to a deal on President Biden's government overhaul spending plan. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi delayed a vote saying there was not enough support. At least two Democrats opposed the plan. They say $3.5 trillion is simply too costly. Protesters arrived by small boats and kayaks at Manchin's houseboat in Washington, D.C. to voice their frustrations. On Sunday in Arizona, activists followed Senator Kirsten Sinema into a ladies' room, angered by her opposition to a three. $3.5 trillion social policy bill. We need solutions to build that better plan. We knocked on doors for you to get you elected. And just how we got you elected, we can get you out of office if you don't support what you promised us. Wow. I don't know about you guys, but like I'm all for holding officials accountable. On the other hand, though, I think following someone into a bathroom at work might be a step too far. I mean, the office bathroom is, is a sanctuary, you know? It's a little oasis where you can just take a few minutes out of your day to do your business. Check your phone, you know, watch an entire season of Squid Game. And you know who really impresses me is all those people who were using the bathroom while this was going on. I mean, I can't imagine that level of focus. If a coworker even tries to talk to me at the urinal, I can't pee for the rest of the day. But I do understand the frustration here, right? This is probably the only chance the Democrats have to pass so many of their big priorities. And just these two people are standing in the way of the whole thing. I mean, this is why Joe Manchin has the right idea, right? If I pissed off as many people as he did, I'd live on a houseboat too. Well, sorry for killing that bill. I'll see you in international water, losers. Ha, 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 ha. All right, but let's move on to our next story, which is about oil. It's Earth's lube. And right now, it's lubing up all the wrong places. 
Urgent efforts off of Southern California. Crews working to contain a major oil spill, one of the largest there in recent history. At least 126,000 gallons of oil leaking into the Pacific. The source, believed to be a pipeline four and a half miles offshore, the area impacted a 13 square mile stretch between Huntington and Newport Beach. People urged to stay away from the beaches. Images coming in late today of oil washing ashore. Officials say they have stopped the flow, but warnings to of a potential ecological disaster. Okay, look guys, I'm no scientist, but I feel like the last thing a state that's currently on fire needs is a wave of oil washing towards it. I mean, pray those wildfires don't reach the ocean or the whole state is gonna be fried worse than Dog the Bounty Hunter. Like, why can't California's disasters cancel each other out for once? You know, just one time. Like, why can't there be a major flood that puts out the wildfires? or an earthquake that swallows up the hype house. And I feel terrible for those birds covered in black oil. You know, not only is their health in danger, but they're also in danger of getting canceled on Twitter. I will say though, the good news is, with the price of gas right now, they are probably gonna get a lot of volunteers to clean this mess up. Yeah, people are gonna be ringing seagulls over their gas tanks like, come on, I just need enough to get to work, come on! And you know what's especially awful about this? Is that animals only see the downside of oil. In fact, that's the reason I think that every animal that gets covered in an oil spill, they should get a free Dodge Durango. It's comfy, right? Yeah, now you see why we keep doing this. All right, and finally, let's get into the video that everyone is talking about on TikTok. You know, the app where people watch 10 second videos for 15 hours straight. Right now, one of those videos is the subject of the most intense forensic investigation since the Kennedy assassination. I am officially hooked on the saga of Couch Guy and I'm not alone. The original video has been viewed 50 million times alone. This is it, it shows a young woman named Lauren surprising her boyfriend at college. His name is Robbie, that's him in the red on the couch. The video is dividing the internet. Many people saying he is not happy enough to see her. One comment saying red flag, he did not get up and jump out of the window in excitement. Another saying he looked like he hugged her like she was his aunt at Christmas dinner. But TikTokers are digging deeper into the mystery here, saying that when Robbie bends over, okay, you can see it in slow motion here, the girl sitting next to him on the couch sneakily passes his cell phone underneath his arm. It's like. All right, there his yeah. arm goes to the side of his pants. Yeah, his okay. Why did she have the phone in the first place? Why did they have to hide that she had it? That's shady. Other TikTokers analyzing the girl on the couch's movements when Lauren walks in, okay? They're saying it's weird that she felt like she needed to scoot away, not once from Robbie, but two times. As of this morning, though, Lauren is still defending him on her TikTok, so. Wow, this is so intense. And look, I know everyone's having fun with this story, but you gotta feel for this couple. You know, cause normally the people who come under this level of scrutiny, they're mega celebrities. You know, people are acting like they're Brangelina or Kim and Kanye, but they're just a normal couple that's gonna break up. But if we are gonna get into this, this might not be a popular opinion, but I am siding with Couch Guy here. Yep, I said it. Yes, maybe he could have been more excited, but in his defense, you have to remember these are COVID times and she just got off a plane. So even if he's really happy to see her, he's probably thinking, is it okay to hug her? Was she tested? Is she gonna give COVID to my side chick? 
I mean, for real, guys, what we need to remember here is how jarring it is to see somebody out of context. It doesn't matter who it is. It's gonna throw you off. Like, if my mom showed up right here, right now, I wouldn't be like, Mom! I'd probably be like, whoa, what? Mom? Uh, what are you doing? Am I in trouble? What happened? Did I leave the stove on again? So I don't think his, his delayed reaction is damning evidence here. What is damning evidence is that he's sitting next to a guitar. Yeah, because I'm sorry, people, but if you're in college and you're sitting next to a girl and you've got a guitar next to you, you're definitely trying to smash. I mean, that's a rule, isn't it? That's the law. Why else do people buy guitars? <laughs> Not to play them. <laughs> All right, that's it for today's headlines. Let's jump straight into our top story. Our main story is about taxes. You know, it's the cut the government takes for being a good pimp. Just like normal people, the world's mega rich and powerful do not enjoy paying taxes. But unlike normal people, the mega rich and powerful can do something about it. And now, a huge leak of private documents is revealing just how good at it they actually are. The Pandora Papers, a massive investigation of millions of leaked documents from offshore bank accounts detailing how some of the world's wealthy, from world leaders to celebrities, hide their assets from authorities and tax collectors. It's a bombshell report based on the biggest leak of offshore banking data in history. An international collection of journalists scouring a trove of 11.9 million documents leaked from 14 firms around the world. They claim these files, dubbed the Pandora Papers, blow the lid off the secrets the wealthy use to their advantage. These are the private communications in many cases between elite wealthy individuals and their financial managers and the offshore companies that set them up with shell companies and trusts to help them hide their money. Wait, what? The rich and powerful have been hiding their wealth in offshore havens to avoid paying taxes? I am disgusted and extremely jealous because I'm out here on TurboTax adding up line nine with line 37 like a bitch when it turns out I could have just sent my salary to some island. Now look, man, on one level, it isn't surprising that rich people avoid paying taxes. I mean, these are the world's elites. For them, life's like Waffle House after 2 a.m. There are no rules. But it's still eye-opening to see just what lengths they go to to hide their wealth. You know, they've got offshore tax havens, they've got dummy corporations, teams of accountants. I mean, call me old-fashioned. But whatever happened to just putting your money in a big treasure chest and burying it in the sand? Let's get back to basics, people. And look, obviously, when you hear that a list of super wealthy tax cheats has been leaked, the first question you have is, how can we restructure our global tax systems to help mitigate a world? Nah, I'm kidding, man. The first question we have is, who's on that list? Spill the tea. The investigation names more than 130 people listed on the Forbes billionaires list, A-listers like Colombian pop star Shakira, and more than 330 current and former public officials from around the world. Some high-profile names involved include Jordan's King Abdullah, former UK Prime Minister Tony Blair, Vladimir Putin, Elton John even on the list. And the alleged mistress of Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia. Said to be from a humble background, Svetlana Krivonogik reportedly acquired an apartment building in Monaco worth over $4 million just after allegedly giving birth to Putin's daughter, now a teenager, who Russian investigative sites report strongly resembles Putin. Okay, I don't know if we really needed financial documents to confirm that this girl is Putin's daughter since we have, you know, uh, eyes. And I get all these other people hiding their money, but why is Putin hiding his cash? Who's gonna go after him? 
I, I doubt that anyone at the Russian IRS is willing to take on that case. Comrades, it appears Vladimir Putin has not paid his taxes. But really, well, what is tax, huh? Can it be only paid in money because he has paid so much more in spirit? We agree? Yeah? Now, I will say, the Shakira thing surprised a lot of people. Because all this time, we were worried about Shakira's hips lying when we should have been focused on her accountant. But before you're quick to judge, before you're quick to judge people like Elton John and Shakira for not paying their taxes, ask yourself this question. When was the last time any of us paid for music? Huh? So, basically, the mega-rich around the world have been creating fake companies to hide their money in various countries. Not surprising. What is surprising, though, is which countries are on the list. According to the documents, many of the bank accounts used were registered in well-known offshore havens, the British Virgin Islands, Hong Kong, and Belize. But the report claims that massive fortunes are also sheltered by trust companies based right here in the U.S. In states like South Dakota. South Dakota's privacy and asset protection laws have made it a favorite of Chinese billionaires, Russian oligarchs, and Americans looking to hide their fortunes. South Dakota trusts now hold more than $370 billion in assets. That's up from $60 billion a decade ago. South Dakota is the main reason that the U.S. is now ranked second behind the Cayman Islands on the Tax Justice Network's Financial Secrecy Index. Yeah, South Dakota. Surprising, right? I mean, not for me. I kind of figured there was too much money floating around South Dakota on my last visit there. But yes, Thanks to its laws that are super friendly to hidden wealth, South Dakota is apparently a great place to avoid taxes. I mean, of course, the downside is that when you withdraw your money, it will have COVID, but downsides to everything in life. And what's interesting is that even though South Dakota plays such a big part in this tax avoidance scheme, the billionaires closest to South Dakota, well, they don't seem to be participating in it. One of the big questions coming out of it already is, how come there are not more American billionaires and multi-billionaires on the list? One distressing theory is, well, those guys already pay so little in U.S. taxes under U.S. law, they don't need to ship it offshore. Woo! USA! USA! Ha! Not having a tax haven problem because your tax laws are already so easy on wealthy people. That, my friends, is rock and roll. I mean, it almost makes me feel bad for American billionaires, though, because hiding the money is part of the fun. You know, it's like trying to rob a bank, but they just give you the cash when you walk in. It's not the same. This is a stick up. Hand over the money. Oh, no need, sir. Here's all the money. Oh, okay, but I'm still gonna pistol whip you. Oh, yes, of course. Right here on the chin or the head. Oh, you too into it. I don't want to do this anymore. I'll just make a deposit. But whether they're hiding money in shell companies or just following the US tax code, it's never been clearer that unlike everyone else, wealthy people from all around the world, they just ain't paying shit in taxes. And that can be upsetting to some. But if you ask me, I find it inspiring. Because it shows that no matter how rich you get, no matter how high up you rise, nothing has to stop you from being greedy as f All right, when we come back, Dulce Sloan takes to the street to explain why you are wrong. You don't wanna miss it. Welcome back to The Daily Show. There is so much important news out there these days. 
which is why I asked Dulce Sloan to get out on the street and talk to the people to get their opinions about the issues. But Dulce just does what she wants. So she came back with this. Hi, friends. These days, people spend so much time arguing about politics and the important issues of the day. But what about the smaller issues I really care about? That's what really needs to be discussed. And that's what I'm going to be doing in my new segment called Prove Me Wrong. Okay, here's the thing. Pizza, it's not that great. It's just bread, sauce, and cheese. So what I want you to do is prove me wrong. Hello. Okay, so I am really hungry, and okay. that's all I can think about today. Not a great point. Nah. Okay, well, another point. It's the best drunk food ever. You can go out of the bars and grab a $1 slice pizza. Best fries. drunk food is french fries. But so. french fries are less balanced than pizza. But if I put ketchup and cheese on fries, didn't I just make pizza? Which is great. No, pizza's not that great. Well, you could also add fries on your pizza, too, so. That's just a wild thing. You're trying to lose <laughs> your neck. All right, I give up. Thank you. <laughs> pizza is not that great. My opinion still stands. Ha-ha! Golf is not a sport. Prove me wrong. You only need your arms to do it. It might as well be bowling. It's a fabulous sport. It's in the Olympics. Okay. But it's the only sport where you can drive a car to do it. Hmm. The professionals all walk. They walk, but they have patties, though. Someone holds yes. this up. Slalom skiers. You don't expect them to take the to walk up the mountain to do their race, do you? I'm black. I don't know nothing about skiers. <laughs> <laughs> I know I don't understand why you would put sticks on your feet and go down a mountain. Why were you up there in the first place? Well, golf is safer than skiing. Obviously, there's not that many hills. Listen, you got a sand trap, you got water features, you got to watch out for geese and ducks um, and mistresses. Check out the women that play it. They all, and it's ah. graceful, and it's um, wonderful to watch. So you're saying that when women play golf, it's a sport? Yes. I'll agree with that. Okay, I'm gonna say that this is a tie. And now, a topic near and dear to my heart, Reality TV is the best TV! Prove me wrong! Anybody? Well, it's contrived to the extent of like creating drama that may not necessarily be there just for television. I had a friend who was on RuPaul's Drag Race. That is my favorite reality show. I have watched all 13 seasons and all six All-Stars, and I've also watched UK, Thailand, and I need to watch Australia and Spain. In reality, there is nothing realistic about what's going on on that set. So much of it is produced. But we can acknowledge that the end result, how many seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race have you watched? All 13. See? I think uh, the best TV is uh, crime shows, uh, not reality TV. You can learn about, if you want to commit crimes, how to do it. Crime TV has never shown you how to get away with crime. You think you can get away with crime from watching a show where somebody got caught? Yes, because I... Oh, I, yes, you're probably also yes. one of those men who think that you can beat the women's soccer team because you played soccer in high school. I was a soccer player. Oh my God, it definitely could, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for playing, obviously, straight man. 
I played. I played. I could. I played. Beat an Olympic level athlete. Uh, that's because I got self belief, baby. Yeah. Athlete. And you think you can get away with crime? Absolutely. I mean, something light. I could be like trafficking weapons or narcotics, maybe across state lines. That is not light. That is a federal offense. Do you have a car? Uh, yes. What kind of car? It's a Toyota Prius. Looks like you haven't thought this out. <laughs> All right, you didn't prove me wrong. I win again. <laughs> the next topic is arguing with strangers is a waste. We're out here in New York. It's what we do. We argue. So you're saying that due to geography, you like to engage in hostile conversations with people you do not know. That's not hostile. It's just a way of uh, expressing how you feel and your point of view. Arguing is inherently hostile. Arguing is just how we express. So when has arguing with strangers not been a waste of time? We're strangers arguing right now. Thank you so much for that, Dulce. All right, when we come back, Richard Antoine White will tell me how the tuba got him out of the hood. You don't wanna miss it. Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is a professional tuba player, Richard Antoine White. He's here to talk about his powerful new memoir, I'm Possible, and how the tuba helped him go from the streets of Baltimore to the classical concert halls. Welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. This this is one of the strangest, um, you know, stories of overcoming that I've ever read in, in like a really beautiful way. And I mean, your your resume is one that is, is is truly one of the most impressive. You you have a doctorate in music, specifically playing the tuba. Correct. Correct. Okay. <laughs> and you are the principal tubist for the New Mexico Philharmonic. Yes. Right. And the Santa Fe Symphony. All correct. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I, I guess the first question I have to ask is. How good do you have to get at playing a tuba to be a doctor of tuba? Like oh, wow. Well, to put everything into perspective, uh, at an audition probably today, like LA Phil is having an audition, there'll be probably over two, 250 applicants. Only one person will win the job. Wow. It's easier to get an MBA than it is to win a professional symphony orchestra job as a tubist. So let's talk about the beginning of the story. You, you, you started your life in Baltimore. Correct. And it was a really tough life, living with a mom who struggled with alcoholism. When, when this was going on in your life, mm -hmm. I, I would love to know how Richard kept going. Like, how did you keep going when, I mean, there's a point when you almost died in a blizzard. Yes. So I think I was blessed. The universe blessed me with an extraordinary imagination. I had to imagine a full stomach. I had mm. to imagine a warm blanket to the point that it was survival or not survive. And I think I'm grateful the universe survived that. Every day was simply about finding my mom and surviving, finding something to eat. So I wasn't conscious of what I didn't have. I just was on a mission. I was living my life. It was the hand I dealt and I played it to the best of my ability. In your journey as a human, like, have you, what have you found has helped you heal some of those wounds? Oh, well, I always think in spite of, instead of because of. You often hear, well, I can't do this because of this, because of that. Uh -huh. If you tell me I can't do something, I'm gonna show you that I can, in spite of. That's the title of the book, I'm Possible. Impossible, but I'm possible because you told me I couldn't do it. I'll show you that I can do it, right? That's just, that's the Taurus in me, maybe. You know, and I think ultimately what we all want in life is what I call the three C's. We want a choice, a chance, and change. 
I was given a chance to make the right choices to see the kind of change that would better my life. Where do you think you got that from? Trial and error. On the streets, I had to make things happen. So as long as I had a chance, I was going to take it. Here's what I love about this book, <laughs> is that it's a story of your life. It's a story of how you see the world. It's a story that anybody can apply to themselves. But it's also the first book for me that I guess explains a tuba and also talks about it from a place of being self-aware because you love the instrument, I do. but you also acknowledge that it is the butt of many jokes. Which is just ironic that I'm sitting across the table <laughs> from you. That's why every time you say tuba, I laugh, <laughs> right? It is, it's bulky, it's clumsy. Look at me, I'm 6'5", 300 pounds. I'm clumsy, I'm bulky, but yet it has power. My job in the orchestra is to show everyone else how bad they suck at rhythm and pitch. In what way? And because I'm the foundation, so everyone leans on me for pitch. Uh, I set the groove. When you want to come in, we want to stay together, you lock into the that's tuba. That's the tuba's job. Yes. So it wow, has tremendous gee, I power. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. We, we get down, man, more than oompa oompa. Yeah, no, that's what I think of. When I think of a tuba, <laughs> yeah, I just go like, bum, 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 Very bum, good, bum, bum. That's yes, what I think it yes. is, right? Right. At one point, you're, you're in a school, you know, that's, that's a school of the arts, school that's not easy to get into, mm-hmm. and they accept you despite the fact that you can't read music. <laughs> yeah, not only did they accept me, I showed up the day after auditions and the director just happened to be there. And he said, what are you doing here? Auditions was yesterday. I don't know where it came from. I looked him straight in the eyes and said, but I'm here now. Wow. And he said the audacity and just the determination made him want to hear me. You came with the attitude of a tuba. That's what I you was ready with. to play, man. Yeah, you just, you just came <laughs> in. And, and you, blew, you just blew him away. That was it. Yes, because he, he asked me, he said, can you read this? And I said, no. And he said, well, if I play this on the piano, can you play that back? I was like, of course, sure. And he said, wow, hold on. And he said, you must be the luckiest guy on the planet. We're going to accept you into the School for the Arts. That is amazing. Yeah. So, so you, okay, so you're also one of those people who can just hear, you, you, like pitch everything. I, I, yeah, because I learned tuba on a cassette tape. Where do you get tuba tapes? Uh, my band director had them. And at that point, I was playing a sousaphone, which is okay. the tuba that you wear. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, that's the, like, yeah, that one, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that, that, is the, that is the one that, that's where the, the, the jokes start, I Yes, feel. yes. Yeah, it's like you wear the shame. Yes. But then, but then tubas have to, maybe that's what makes you resilient as a person. It's like when you play the tuba, you go like, look, man, I get what's happening. I get how you're laughing, but I have to get over all of this, carry this heavy instrument, and just deal and with lay it. it down. The best of, in spite of the tuba, I'm going to rock this oh, music. Oh, I like that, man. Yeah, yes. right? That's my attitude. <laughs> <laughs> um, at that school... You found yourself beatboxing uh, and, and, and rapping with someone who would go on to become one of the greatest rappers of all time, oh, Tupac yeah. Shakur. Oh, yeah. When you look at your life in hindsight now, did you know at that time when you were rapping with Tupac, when you were in that little beatbox cypher, did you think to yourself, oh, yeah, this guy's going to go on to do great things? I knew there was something magical about Tupac and Jada because I went to school, both of them, Jada mm-hmm. Pinkett Smith. And uh, he schooled me, man. He was like, you got to know your history. You don't know about the Black Panthers? I was like, I didn't even know about the Black Panthers, man. What are you talking about? And he was so articulate. And the Tupac I knew was, was a nerd. I mean, he wore Oxford shirts, spoke articulately. Wow. I saw him perform Shakespeare, you know, and, and read it correctly. That's the Tupac I knew. And every day in the cafeteria, he would rap. He had a big medical book of notebooks. Uh, and he would rap every day. That was his passion. So you knew there was something magical about him. And no one, usually when teachers tell you to read books, you're like, whatever with that. He told you to read or research something. He was like, I, I need to study. I need to know my history. That's so he gave me a sense of being. 
a sense of purpose in terms of knowing my history. Because in many ways, you credit your, you you know, the best way I can put it is like you getting in touch with your blackness with Tupac, like where he was like, no, you can be proud of this. This is a history you need to study. This is a world that you need to be a part of. That was a big factor in your life. Yes, and I'm proud of it because I I don't believe in well-intended tokenism. Everything I've gotten, I've earned. And I think Tupac, you know, look at him. He was a total package. Right. He installed this premise in me, and which I preach today, is that excellence is void of color. Excellent is void of gender. Right. It's just on the level or it's not. Right. And you've got to provide or find the resources to be on the level. That is amazing. So, <laughs> so you're on this journey now. I mean, you have reached the pinnacles of tuberism. Is that what we call it? <laughs> yes. Tuberism. I'm going to go with you that. You can do that. <laughs> Um, you still want to do more, though. You, you want to break records. You want to play the tuba on every single continent. Oh, my. Yes. On Earth. That's on my bucket list. Wow. You just how made many? me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many continents have you played on? Uh, I have left Africa, Australia, and Antarctica. Why? What are you going to do in Antarctica? Uh, I'm going to get a helicopter there first, and I'm going to do a 30-minute unaccompanied recital. It means no piano, just me, and I'll have my plastic mouthpiece. This is exciting, <laughs> man. Just don't, like, crack any of, like, the polar <laughs> uh, the ice caps. Don't, like, don't, like, destroy the... Just, like... Because I feel like that would happen in a movie. You're going to play the tuba, and it's bob, and then what's going to happen is there'll be a crack on some piece of ice, and then it's going to come towards us, and we'll be happy that you broke the record, but then we're all going to die. I'll stick to the high frequencies. Yeah, just, just you know, keep, keep, keep it safe. Okay. Um, you know, Richard, before I let you go, you, 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 you have a disposition as a person where, you know, if someone met you today, they'd just be like, man, what a jolly guy, what a, what a determined guy, what a driven guy. But you, you've had to heal a lot of pain. You know, you've had to deal with so many of the things in your life. You know, the story with your mom in the book is, is, is really one that is sad, but it ends in a place of deep love. What has Richard done? to get over them and to heal himself? First of all, I'm, I'm very thankful for the village that helped me. Every friend, every teacher, every mentor, even my mom, she was a hero. She mm. sacrificed me so that I could have a better life. I'm always thankful for that. And I have a belief that the best day or the best thing about every day is that I'm not done yet. Whether it be a good day or bad day, hey, I'm not done yet, right? And we all fail, so I have an acronym for failing, and that is finding an intended lesson in needed growth. If I fail at something, that means there was something I needed to know that I didn't know that I now know so I can fix it. And then it leads me to the best part of every day is that I'm Oof, not done yet. That's a, that's a hard lesson to him. It's beautiful, but I, I don't know if I'll remember it every time I fail. I'll <laughs> call me up, best. call me up. I'll call you up. <laughs> okay. I'll call you up. And then you, you can play like a sad sound. I'll tell you my story. <laughs> I'll be like, yo, Richard, this is what happened. You can be like, bomb, bomb. And then you can, then we can talk. You might be really good at tuba. (laughs) I could be a tuba. You really well. You you never know. You never know. My dude, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Congratulations on the book. There's an amazing documentary on your life that I recommend everybody watch as well on Magnolia. And uh, yeah, man, I hope we see you complete that bucket list. Pleasure. Thank Thank you you so much for joining me on the show. All right, everybody. Richard's story is featured in the anthology series entitled Hi, I Am, which is available on the Magnolia Network and Discovery+. And don't forget, please do not forget this book, I'm Possible. It is out right now. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, this week is Mental Illness Awareness Week. So please consider supporting the ACOMA Project. The ACOMA Project offers free virtual therapy and workshops for teens and young adults of color, as well as educating youth and their families on the importance of mental health. So if you wanna support them in this work, please donate at the link below. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember, if you really wanna surprise your boyfriend, don't show up to his college unannounced. Just tell him you're pregnant.
Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 